bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. So welcome to the hot house. We're sitting here un- under glass on a beautiful November day. I think it's about time we went out on one of our sort of we on location we should uh, shoots, shouldn't we? Sat, the seafront would be a, nice, wouldn't on it? On a sea, well, it would be lovely today, wouldn't it? On the seawall, but uh, we're not. We're in the office. That's it. And this is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast with Guy and Dave. Richard is busy; he's elsewhere today. Um, but we've got plenty to talk about today, oh, haven't we? As ever. A lot to do, and we're going to begin with Monsieur Guy Nabouyou. Yes, who is the latest acquisition? Well, and the latest addition to the squad. Hopefully, um, uh, he. he We've been aware over the last 10 days or so that United have had a couple of trialist strikers yeah. training with them out at Seelhain. One uh, Welsh lad, I'm given to understand, and the other a Frenchman who's turned out to be Monsieur Guy Nabayou. Is um, he the chap who scored twice up at Cheltenham? And he, sco- and he, he had a game up at Cheltenham, which I, and I think that behind closed doors friendly was partly arranged to give him a chance yeah. and one or two others uh, to show as well as a, a badly needed game for um, yeah. several United players who are now fit again after injuries and haven't had all that much yeah. chance to show what, what they can do and Damon Lathrop scored by the way Damon Lathrop, can't, free kick can't be far, can't yeah. be long before he gets one for the first no, team exactly. funnily enough <laughs> just looking back over the last year or so he often seems to go closer with his left foot than his, than his right, which yeah. which which actually gives you a, a hint that get him into a position. He's a perfectly good striker of the striker of the ball, but um, it ain't happened yet for United. He has scored a couple of goals for other people, but um, he'll get there. Uh, yeah, one of these days. One of these days. Yeah. They lost four three in the end. Yeah, three uh, one down at half time. Then then improved. I think Gary Harris was quite pleased with the way they I came back. I think he's quite in pleased the in the half, second half and with yeah. the way they finished yeah. the game. And Cheltenham put a decent side out. You know, they Aaron de- Downs was playing. Aaron Downs was yeah. playing in defence. Um, citizen of this former citizen of this parish, um, former citizen of this podcast, in fact. Oh, yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, you know, people like Danny Wright playing up front. Mm-hmm. He's their first first choice senior striker. Scored a couple of goals. Um, so I think it ticked all the yeah. boxes it was due to. And in the wake of that, uh, Gary Hours has offered. Uh, Nabay- Nabuyu, Nabuyu, yeah. G N A B, and then O U Y O U, a contract until January, a short-term contract. Now, uh, whether he'll be back for the weekend or not, I don't know. He definitely has gone home to France. Yeah, I think presumably to make some arrangements mm-hmm. and/or to think it over. He hasn't accepted the offer yet, and in the meantime, on the back of that, uh, um, United or Gary Owls has also made a cash bid. Cash, for cash bid. for a, yeah. a, a, a UK-based striker who Gary was hinting he wouldn't tell anybody who, who it is um, is somebody who people United fans would instantly uh, yeah. sort of know about, have heard about. Um, now, as he was quick to point out, look in this situation, and this is partly because of the touching on the Ricky Lambert uh, line, which we'll get onto in a minute. Yeah, that. United, as supportive of the owners are clearly trying to be at the moment, are not in a position to go out and buy somebody's informed first choice striker. No. Um, that's if somebody was prepared to part with even, their even first choice. Well, exactly. Striker. He said, yeah. let's face it, players like those are already in somebody else's first team and they 
highly unlikely, and it's not as if United have got 20,000 quid or something mm. to throw at this to get somebody out. Um, so, But they've made, uh, which I'm sure is a, a, a modest cash offer, to a striker who, uh, I don't know who it is, uh, I can think of one or two names that spring yeah. to mind, and we will do, but he's somebody who... Um, uh, has scored goals over the last couple of seasons, but may currently be out of favour yeah. um, at their current club. So we'll these, these are big signings, aren't they? Because he has to get these signings right. Oh, this right. is crucial. And, and and no, and nobody is more conscious of that than Gary Howard. No, of course he isn't. Uh, uh, and, and he and Martin Cole have been out and about watching games, ca- calling in all their contacts. Dave Hedges, United's head of recruitment, yeah. has been doing the same. They, they, they've been pulling out all the stops to, to try and get somebody in. And he, he did um, say earlier this week that whoever gets, for want of a better phrase, the number nine shirt is is going to have to hit the ground running because the pressure's going to be on them. Yeah, I think that's the way he put it. He yeah. said he understands and, and he'll be stressing and explaining that to whoever comes in. Look, you know, sorry about this, but you are going to be under pressure yeah. here. Uh, this is a club where we should never be down where we are, mm. which he was talking about again this week. He said, I still can't get my head around what's, yeah. what's been happening at this club for the last four or five years. Why is it here in this position? Um, so that goes with the territory a bit. Uh, and uh, so be it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and I think it's not as if United are playing you know, like a pub side. Uh, they're not. No, they, far from they, it. They, they, yeah. they even when they lost, I think it was their sixth home defeat. Mm. Do you know? I bumped into a mate of mine the other day. He's a real good talking night supporter. I haven't seen him an awful lot over the last three months. He was at the game last Saturday, and I saw him on Saturday evening. And he said, "Do you realise?" He said, "I haven't seen us win at Playmore since Forest Green Rovers last Boxing Day." And he goes mm. to nearly all yeah. the matches. He was a bit unfortunate. He finds it hard to get there on a Tuesday night. He was away working at the end of last season when they beat Braintree and, and yeah. um, uh, uh, North Ferriby on the last yeah. day of the season. He missed the Maidenhead United game, the 4-0, and yet he's been to practically every other match. And he's still coming. And, oh, absolutely. That's, that's the kind of fans that, um, Quite. that, that, that Torquay have, yes, isn't it? He's, uh, there's no thought about him no. not coming or jacking in or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, at the end of the Hartlepool game, at Hartlepool Maidstone game last Saturday yeah. another defeat 1-0 defeat uh, most of the supporters still stay behind or, or yeah. and there was no kind of like turning on the crowd or booing mm-hmm. them because they had put it in in the second half Yeah, and uh, funny enough I didn't think the first half was quite as bad as Gary Hours thought it was Gary Hours steamed in afterwards and said I'm not having only 45 minutes yeah he was quite, he's quite he outspoken was, he was, wasn't he he was quite outspoken yeah. I, I thought the first half was okay I didn't mm-hmm. think it was great uh, but again, you know, we had nothing up front. No. Um, but it, there was plenty of work. The chances were that the, the positions were were okay. Final ball into the box, okay, not quite good enough. But it wasn't as if uh, Maidstone were running the show. No. Far from it. Anything like that. And in the second half, um, you know, it was one way traffic. All right, uh, Maidstone may have caught United on break a couple of times near the end. But it's, it's, um, it's the finishing. It's just it? the finishing. It's the worry, which is where we come. So. Bearing in mind that our listeners, by the time you listen to this, we may know who the player, yeah, the quite. striker that we put a yeah. cash bid in for. But at the time of making this podcast, we are speculating with yeah. a certain amount of information at our fingertips because you know some players well, I th- who I'm, are in that kind of position. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking immediately, especially when you don't know who somebody is, you immediately have a little think and think, right, who's the, A, the type of people they've been interested in the recent past yeah. and, and, and who would fit the bill? And for me... 
three three names sprang to mind. Don't get me wrong, I'd, I haven't a clue really yeah. whether any of these are, but you've got somebody like Gozi Agwu, who yeah. I know United inquired about after uh, he eventually left Woking last season after scoring 19 goals for them and went to Chesterfield. Yeah. They're not doing very well in League Two. He's been in and out of that side. Now, whether he'd be somebody who would be who'd want to come back out again yeah. after, you know, you work hard to get into the league and you probably want to stay there. Uh, there's a player who I've always liked called Dan Holman, who, who um, uh, uh, I think he played for Woking or Aldershot, one of the London clubs for yeah. a while, and then went to Cheltenham and did very well at Cheltenham in combination with um, Danny Wright. He's been on loan at Boreham Wood recently. Things haven't gone great for him Him there. I've always liked him. He's a, he's a, he can hold it up and he can finish. Uh, and then there's a, a, a lad uh, called Adamola Moses. People call him Emmanuel um, from time to time. He scored... Um, quite a lot of goals for Bromley, uh, goal every other game at Dover last season. Then he went say to he's, he's played against us, hasn't yeah, he? He has yeah, played against yeah, us. And yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, and well. Uh, yes, he's, he helped himself that day when Bromley scored seven at uh, He at did, Blaymore. didn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, he's gone to Sutton, he's on loan, he's, he's been on loan at Maidenhead. Those type of players, yeah. fairly proven goal scorers at this and other level, you know, League Two and yeah. conference levels. I'm sure those are the type of people that. Um, in some ways, uh, it, it would Gary be tempting would be looking, for them, though, because if Gary Hours is coming in, if if you're one of those three and he's coming in and say, "Look, you can make a name for yourself here." Yeah. You know, if you're up for the challenge, come down to Torquay, score a dozen goals between now and the end of the season. Yeah. You'll make a name for yourself. Yeah. I mean that's a, quite a challenge for a player, but they may relish that, might well, they? Well, especially if thing, things aren't going great for them where they are at the mm. moment. You know, uh, I, I think you know it's like some of the players who are at United at the moment. They're not getting in for one reason no. or another. Um, now, <laughs> footballers have been in this position before thousands of times over the years, and if they aren't, then they yeah. <laughs> they probably will be uh, of not being fancied by a manager or just simply not getting in for one reason mm. or another. Most of the ones who haven't been getting in at United have been injured, and some of them quite long-term. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I get it when, when ours turns around and says, if you're fit and you're training every week, and for one reason or another you're not getting in the team, the obvious thing is to say, well, I want to go out and play, for, play some football yeah, here. Yeah. Now, uh, all right, I know there's the whole politics of, of with a small p, of well, where do I stand with my future here and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, in a funny sort of way, if a striker goes out somewhere else and starts scoring goals, or if a midfield player goes out and starts getting grade reviews, defenders, etc., 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 A, your stock at home might go up yeah. a, a, a cog or two, uh, and B, you know, your next move's on the, on the end of it, um, and maybe a bit more money, you never know. So I, I, I get it when ours says... What could be worse than training all week, yeah. hoping to yeah. get in the team and not getting in, and then sitting in the stand? It's almost... It must be soul-destroying, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's almost yeah. an anathema yeah. to a professional yeah. footballer, isn't it? You, the whole point is you train through the week yeah. and you play on Saturday. Well, if you're not playing on Saturday, you don't get in. Well, um, you know, why don't you go out and yeah. have a go for somebody else? So We haven't got any players who have gone out on loan at the moment. Not now, yet. Um, as we speak... Thursday lunchtime. Um, I understand that two or three could be going out on loan. Uh, that could, might be announced later today or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, that's you know both the manager and the players themselves, in fairness to them, and their agents have been working quite hard on that in the last few weeks. 
um, that may well yeah. come to fruition, um, which of course does have a, an element of saving some wages and mm -hmm. contributing to hopefully people, one or two people coming in. So um, interesting. We'll so things things move pretty quickly, don't they? So it, as we say, this might be resolved today or tomorrow. Yeah, um, but certainly by the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine that another club trying to take one of Torquay's players on loan won't want them in in time yeah. for Saturday. So yeah. um, and vice versa. Uh, I dare say that uh, Reese Murphy will be back on Saturday, so we're given yeah. to understand, which I think is a plus. I think United have missed him up a front. Plus, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, if 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 a, a transfer can be done, and Mr. Uh, Nabuyu suddenly yeah. turns up tomorrow, ready for a trip to file. Good luck, <laughs> good luck for that. Um, then you never know; he might yeah. be in contention. But uh, but that still hasn't been done yet. That okay. deal. He's made him an offer till January. It's in his court now, and see what happens. Okay, just to mark your card on uh, Monsieur Nabouyou a little bit more. Then he's a six-footer. He's twenty-seven years old. Yeah, he's, he's started his career at Marseille. Marseille, yeah, Orléans, um, yeah. A pl uh, and a, a, at least another one other French club, which names I've forgotten. And he's, he's played Fre abroad. He's a French Ivorian striker. Yeah, he's um, had two spells with Inter Turku. Yeah, which is a Finland. Finnish first division team. Scored twenty-eight goals in eighty-one games for them. Yeah. Uh, they're currently managed by Chef Kikuchi, who oh, was at Sheffield yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but he's not the most famous of the uh, Nabuyu siblings. Surely. Because his sister, Marie Paul, Wikipedia is a fantastic thing, isn't it? Uh, is in the French international handball team. Handball? Handball team. Brutal game, that, by the way. Is handball, it? from what I've, I've watched it on I've TV watched, once I've or twice. Clips when it's in Olympic Games, and yeah. that's about it, I'm afraid. And yeah. she, she scored 104 goals in 78 appearances from right back. Now, that, that's, that's what you call an attacking right back. An attacking isn't it? right yeah. back. So, um, um, so that's that's the extent of our uh, research right, on Wikipedia. Well, well I, I hadn't realised that. But um, no, he, he's. Uh, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an ex-French under-21 international. Yeah. Well, you know, to get in the French under-21 team, you have to be at half that decent. Time at, as well. Especially, yeah. Yeah. what is six it, six, seven, seven years, years ago. ago Some you good know, players in there. Exactly. You, you, you can't be a Sunday morning player no. to, to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, let's, let's see. Let's yeah. see, well, yeah. you know, how, how, how that turns out. He, he, he looks like he can finish. He's quite strong. He's really quick, yeah. according to, to Gary Hours. And... Uh, if he can help, yeah, let him come and help. <laughs> yes, a lot of people on uh, social media this morning talking about some of the the great French players that we've had in the team no, uh, in the past. No guy. Olivier Gagan was the last one. Yes, wasn't he? of yeah. course. And Jean Pierre Sim. Yeah. Nobody's mentioned him strangely what? enough on social media this morning. Not that I've seen. Incroyable. <laughs> is it? But one player who we don't think is coming to help us out before the end no. of the season is Ricky Lambert. No, I, I was accused by uh, one of my friends at running the other night of uh, putting fake news on the website. But there was it's a genuine swell of social media interest when somebody got wind of Ricky Lambert well I think part of the thing is was that he, he announced his retirement last month yeah mainly he'd actually left Cardiff in the summer but I think he'd been a bit disappointed that no one had been on the phone saying come on Ricky yeah at 37 years old or however old he is um you know, you can still do it, and I don't um, think anybody has. And, no, and uh, he probably could, though. Well, <laughs> he, there you he, go. He didn't exactly end on a whimper, did he? No, he, he didn't. Still, uh, no. still playing good football. And um, uh, but uh, you know, I think 
in terms of just sheer wages and what yeah. uh, might be involved. I think um, so you did uh, actually uh, you did put this to Gary Hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, it, I think I heard I the yeah, uh, the yeah. laughter down the line from the other side well, of the he, office. No, <laughs> it, that's not, it's not. It wasn't quite like that. Not at all. It, you know, and he said today. He said, "Look, Ricky Lambert's been a brilliant player for uh, yeah. the years, and and uh, you know if." if <laughs> If you if you could realistically bring yeah, someone yeah. else like, like that in, you're going to be busy. But that, that, that's not going to happen. No. Um, mind you, there have been one or two interesting ex-top people. Well, there have uh, they, um, uh, surfacing. Um, and there, there was a time when players would finish their careers by going down through the leagues. Well, I, mean, I wasn't think that James, Be- James Beattie's the most recent one I can think of who played down yeah. through the leagues. And played at Accrington, didn't he? Yeah, he For did, a, and very well. Yeah, too. absolutely. And then became a player manager, and yeah. uh, and that, and even now, I mean, we'll go through one or two here. But um, Grant Holt, mm-hmm. a lion of Carrow yes. Road, as uh, <laughs> as, as, as happy memory recently, he's just gone to Barrow as player coach. Um, there's been one or two changes around the division. Yeah, Steve Davis got the sack at Leighton Orient. You know, That's a surprise. It's only four months into yeah. the job there, which just shows how tough it is, isn't it? You think Leighton Orient nailed on to be up mm. there this year? No, that they've haven't won in eleven games, something like that. So Martin Ling, the ex-United manager, is director yeah. of football there. He must be under pressure to come up with a uh, an inspired appointment there. And Mark Yates, who was a candidate for the yeah. Plainmore job not long ago, and Tim Flowers have gone in at Solihull. I think they'll be about their fifteenth manager this yeah. season, won't they, or something like that? Not, not. Quite but you wonder league. if somebody will pull them up by their bootstraps well, as well. Well, absolutely. And Mark Yates um, is probably the man uh, for the job. And <laughs> there you go. And I mean, isn't it great when all clubs in the lower divisions they used to benefit so much yeah. by this filtering down of, of, of players from above and and the quality that you got as a result of it. Yeah, nearly always they were like old boxers weren't they their legs might have gone but they still had a punch left Indeed. and and, uh, um, and Torquay has, uh, over the years have had some fantastic names well the, I mean the first one that really springs to mind with everybody is Neville Southall well Neville Southall yeah. a great servant for Everton and Wales how did it come about his his arrival at Plainmore? Uh, uh, interestingly, Wes Saunders was was manager at the time, and uh, um, he contacted his opposite number at was it Bradford City or Huddersfield Town? I'm not quite yeah. sure. I think hoping, it might have been Bradford. I think it was Bradford, yeah. hoping to sign their reserve goalkeeper to help United out in a crisis. Yeah, I think we, we'd got a couple of injuries at the time. This was about 1998, something like it must that. Must have been. Yeah, um, and. Uh, uh, during course of conversation, ever so sorry, can't let you have him, can't you let, let have him, blah, blah, blah. And Wes, I think, in desperation said, well, have you got any ideas where I can find a sort of somebody? And and whoever it was, and I'm annoyed with myself, I can't remember now, said, yeah. look, this is going to sound a bit stupid, but we've got Neville Southall here coaching our goalkeepers. He's played a couple of reserve games. He said, I know he's 40 years old, yeah. but <laughs> he still looks like he can, he can do, a, do a job. And Wes, Wes said, well, I'll never get hold of him. I haven't got enough money to bring him down. And he said, well, why don't you give him a call? So the yeah. long and short of it was, he gave him a call. Neville said, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, went back to Mike Bateson, said, look, um, what have we got? How much can we offer him? Mike Bateson, I think, went, ooh, steady <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> and I think it was something along the lines of, I think Wes had about 400 quid a week. Yeah. We're talking 1990 available 
to go and get somebody. He went back to wet to Neville Southall. He said, "Look, I'm ever so sorry." He said, "If you tell me to go yeah. go away, I'll quite understand. I've got four hundred quid." So Neville turned around, I think, and said, "Make it five, and I'll come." So we went back to Mike Bates and yeah. said, "He said he'll come, but for five hundred pound a week." Now Mike, to give him his due, businessman to his bootstraps, said, "A name like that, just as he had done with Justin Fashionu yeah. a few years yeah. before." Mike went for it, and the rest is history. He was sensational, he was, was he wasn't not? He? But there are there are stories abound. From he kept Neville's United up there. that year, he almost single-handed. Yeah. Won the Player of the Year award. Yeah, uh, uh, great character as oh, well. Nice guy. Wonderful, wonderful player. He absolutely bought. And you know, this is this is you're talking about somebody who many believe is the greatest post-war goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, he is right up there with. Gordon Banks, yeah, Peter Schmeichel, yeah. Peter Schultz, and uh, of, of players who have played in top-flight football in, in this country. I mean, for a spell of about 10, 12 years at Everton mm-hmm. uh, and for Wales, he, he was He was the best. The man. He was the absolute yeah. best. Uh, and, yeah. and he came down to play more. I think the first game was at home to either Hull. I think it was Hull at home. Yeah. Uh, yes, Hull at home. Crucial game. They were in the SHI with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won. He was tremendous. Uh, um, a very important result at the time. Uh, Norman Medhurst, United Physio, had to get the scissors out <laughs> and cut the seams of a shirt to get it over yeah. his enormous upper body. Yeah, but um, he was mobile though, wasn't he? He was. He could get around. Big, big lad, but his his yeah. his reading of the game and, yeah. and he could still do the bizzo and and. I'm always remember at the end of the game, it was a horrible wet day, we won, mm-hmm. and he was still covered in mud, had kit all over the shop with this rather with this with this 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 scissored shirt yeah. hanging off he, his back. He cut the neck as well. He cut the he? neck, he that. cut the yeah. arms, yeah. and he leant by the by the, the railing outside the, the, the dressing room of the old wooden stand at Playmore and signed autographs for all, yeah. as long as with this queue of kids coming up. And it was a huge boost for the club, yeah. and because everybody could see that he was in his the twilight of his career, but was still up for it. Yeah, and and he was a big lad by that stage. Let's face it, United fans absolutely adored him, Didn't they? and yeah. he yeah. he felt it. He yeah. felt the love and gave it back. Yeah, uh, and for eighteen months or so, he was he was sensational. He was in, he was very instrumental in bringing. Um, uh, Ryan Northmore on mm-hmm. and uh, I think Matthew Gregg was a little bit no that might have been about the same time yeah. as well Matthew Gregg eventually went to Crystal Palace for £400,000 but certainly Ryan Northmore he was very mm-hmm. uh, instrumental in bringing him along and uh, no no great great now th- there's one story that I remember you may have told me this story but um, I, I hope this one's true because it's a Neville Southall story that I like a lot uh, apparently, at about that time, uh, the dressing room at Playmore would have been the old dressing rooms yep. at Playmore in there, and the guys used to have an old stereo radio cassette thing, a, a beatbox, boombox kind of a thing. <laughs> which, um, if I remember rightly, Tony Beddo was in charge of the mixtapes that used to go in there. Beds was always at Music Man. Music Man, indeed. And this thing packed up. I, yeah. I think it had had its day. And it packed up, and there was a lot of weeping and wailing as to how they were going to get a new one, and nobody could really afford it, and um, nobody was in a position. And the following morning, when the players arrived for training, there was a brand new stereo in the dressing room, and Neville was there and said, 
have this one on me, lads. But that, that comes back now as being absolutely right. Yeah. And it was the sort of thing he, w- he would do. Just a simple thing that just, just meant a lot to the dressing room. I, I, he and I, I wrote a column with him, which always came out in the Saturday paper. Yeah. And uh, uh, obviously that required a certain amount of work on a midweek, late midweek, and we tried to leave it as late as possible before we'd have a chat. And I can remember ringing him one day in the very early days of mobile phones yeah. to have a chat with Neville. Couldn't get through. And he ended up living out at near Blackhorton, mm-hmm. near, near the other side of Totnes, living in a farm. That's there. a long way from exactly. anywhere. Yeah. Not far from the, what's that pub on the way to Dartmouth? Is it the Forces Tavern? That's and it, the that Normandy one. Arms yeah. the other one as well. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, all of a sudden I'm at home on Friday night. Uh, no, Thursday night, I beg your pardon, because we had to have the copy ready for Friday. Uh, and the phone rings, and it's Neville on the phone. Dave, I'm ever so sorry. I, I've, I've got no signal down here with my mobile phone. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's all right, Neville, never mind. I said, where are you speaking from then? He said, I'm in the phone box. I'm in the public phone box outside the Forces Tavern <laughs> at, at Black Horton. And I said, well, I'll ring you back. He said, no, no, I've got enough money. And he was standing there in the public phone box. This is the this great, is the great one of the greatest goalkeepers in history, of his generation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, putting money into a public call box to ring me so we could do our column together. And he, he you, is a you, he is a top bloke, isn't he? He is. Follow him on Twitter, by the way. He's he's very entertaining, very informative, and yeah. very active on Twitter. Yeah, there's a he's famous a story guy. about him at Everton, where they, they, they won they won the FA Cup at Wembley one year. Neville is is as down to earth as you can get. He hates ceremony and pomp and all that kind of stuff. And they won the FA Cup final at Wembley. I forget which year it was and who they beat, but all the banquet prepared in mm. in uh, central London for all the good and the great to go in and the players got on the coach back into central London ready for this night out in the West End and got to the team hotel where they were all booked in so oh goodness where's Neville <laughs> Neville had linked up with a load of fans got straight on their train back to Merseyside yeah. and was playing cards with the supporters on the, on, on the, on the train back, back to Merseyside he had no interest at all in going to some dressing up for some dinner in no. there in, in central London, and that was that, and that, and that was him. Great but, stuff. Uh, Great my, stories. My goodness, what, you try, you try, and I. Um, Josh McCoyd was through with uh, the uh, Maidstone keeper to beat last Saturday, and I couldn't help thinking Neville Southall is who you wanted there. The number of times players for opposing forwards at this level used to be through with him to beat, and you used to look down and say. Poor lad, <laughs> he's got you, no chance. Do you think a lot of it was psychological as well? Oh. They, you're through one on one with against Neville, against Southall. the great Neville Southall, and he's coming off his line with yeah. a big grin on his face. You, you've got to be a cool. You've cat put the ball in out into uh, Kerry Park <laughs> before you've even uh, hit <laughs> you, it. You, you've really. got to be a cool cat to beat Neville Southall coming at you. Indeed. Uh, and of course, he'd always time it perfectly. The goal, he'd make the goal look small as possible. Uh, no, no. Great, great man. Now, Chris Waddle was another player who came to us around he, about that time. He did, yeah. He? Another yeah. Wes, Wes Saunders. They were sort of mates from Newcastle together. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris, he didn't actually play that many games for us in the end. Um, uh, he, glimpses. I think, yeah. I think glimpses and cameos spring to mind there. I do remember a, a, a day at Halifax, horrible day at Halifax. We lost up there at the, at the shade, the old shade. It looks much, much nicer now. The, the old Waddle, with the stock car truck yes, running outside. Uh, and, and Chris Waddle, obviously, the, the, all the, the, the northern TV people want to interview Chris Waddle playing for Torquay United. And um, he was just, 
answering a question on air and we just noticed this little clutch of young Halifax lads leaning over the fence there and one of them suddenly piped up. He could not have been more than eight or nine years old and said, Oi, Waddle, what about that penalty then? It's of course the famous <laughs> yeah. penalty which you put over the bar for England yeah. in, the, uh, in the World Cup semi-final in Italy. And he t- I saw his, his sort of his, his chest, his, his, his chin went onto his chest. They had to re-record the interview, and he looked up at me and he said, "I've won this, I've won that, I've won the other. I've played for England times of times. I've played in the World Cup semi-final. I've played 800 and something games, etc." And he said, "And some little lad who wasn't even alive at the time, <laughs> all I've got, all, I, all he can come up with was, was one missed penalty." And uh, there you go. That's it. You carry it with you all your career, yeah. don't you? And we did a couple of the other names. Bruce Rioch, of course, came to us after a, a very illustrious international Terrific. career. And, and, and later brought, brought Bomber Brown, Tony yeah. Brown, from West Bromwich Albion. I, is he still there? Record goal scorer? He probably is. Hundreds so. and hundreds yeah. of goals for West yeah. Brom and, and did very well for us. I mean, the other point about most of these lads who came down, all right, one or two of them were sort of slightly fag end of career yeah. jobs. Tony Curry was another one. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony Curry at the height of his career I mean he was world oh, what class, a player he was yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the people like Bruce Rioch and Tony Brown um, uh, Justin Fashionu who of course we've, we've already mentioned the yeah. late Justin Fashionu um, uh, they came and got stuck in for United yeah. they, 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 they yeah. didn't just come down and you know they weren't just the going money. through the motions no, really. no absolutely no. not no. Eddie Kelly as well oh Eddie Kelly. goodness sake yeah. double winner with Arsenal Scottish international still lives locally yeah. I bumped into him at a funeral the other day um, uh, still in good form uh, came down and did his best in pretty yeah. desperate circumstances yeah. when Dave Webb was here and there was absolutely no money at all Willie Young um, and plays w- like that yeah. that's right yeah. Willie Young was obviously wasn't a sort of a top class player but he'd come from Aston Villa and ended up being a great mate of, of Eddie's um, and and of course further back, uh, even more when it was more regular for mm-hmm. top players to come down. You recall people like um, John Bond and Ken Brown yeah. coming from yeah. West Ham. Uh, um, they were a huge boost for clubs, yeah. and I'm sure lots of nearly all the other clubs down in the league had those kind of players coming out. Do uh, it. Um, Where do players go now then? When players' careers are finished, they retire. To, the, they go and spend the money their, and polish their, their Bentley portfolios. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think it's right, and that's why I don't know whether we mentioned this the other week, but th- that's why it's so terrific that, uh, that the reports coming out of Aston Villa are that the best player in the Championship has, has, has been John Terry. Absolutely. You know, yeah. there's a player who didn't need to drop down and out of the league. Uh, you know, out of the Premier League. I'm sure he's got more money than he ever knows what to do with. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and he's come out of Chelsea after that career with Chelsea in yeah. England, European Champions Leagues. You know, more medals than he can probably fit on his mantelpiece. And he's come down and he's signed for Aston Villa, as good a club as they are, and as etc. Yeah. And I'm sure he's being very well paid to do it. He's been awesome for them this season. Yeah. I think he just picked up an injury actually. But and the reports coming out of Villa, and Steve Bruce can't believe he's got him. No. He's 37 years old or nearly. And, and and he's been absolutely sensational for them. He, he's the been he's the player Villa have been looking for for well, seasons. And he? and he you know he brings the leadership, the know how, yeah, uh, uh, the standards. Uh, you know, I wouldn't like to be an Aston Villa player and turn out on a Saturday afternoon and not put one hundred percent in. I think Good somebody point. would yeah. have a word of me pretty quick, and Indeed. it wouldn't be Steve. <laughs> it would be John Terry before Steve Bruce ever yeah. got to me. Well, you imagine the effect that has. On players around, and yeah. and and 
through the week in training. Uh, um, you know, you, you've you can dine out on. You know, yeah. we've got John Terry in our team. You know, yeah. I could tell yeah. you something that happened in training the other day. Blah 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 blah, and it has a great effect on the on on everybody around the club. Terrible shame that doesn't more of that doesn't indeed. Happen. So if Ricky Lambert is listening to this, and of course everybody does, Dave, every it's up and down the country, <laughs> um, we could crowdfund a couple of hundred quid a week for Ricky Lambert. Well, why not? We do know, that. Uh, but still, I mean, we, you know, will he get in? Yeah, absolutely. When we click in a minute, when we yeah. click in a minute, when when um, when Gee whacks in a couple in the next uh, two or three games, yeah, uh, you've got to you've got, you'll ha- you'll have a job to get him out of the side. So just very quickly before we finish, the next two or three games, yeah, two really tough away games. Yeah, on paper, um, we're F- filed, filed on new, new boys. First yeah, time very interesting there. club that is. Uh, it's only about three miles from Blackpool. You've got Files, well, Fleetwood, yeah. Blackpool, Southport's not very far away, Preston. Morecambe isn't that far and, the and, coast, Ma- and Morecambe yeah. as well. You know, yeah. How on earth all these clubs manage to stay competitive or not, I don't know. Well done to them. Yeah. And, and fantastic. They've got a striker, who, Danny Rowe, 128 goals in just over three seasons for Files. For Files. For Files. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know Gary Howe sent, sent a little video around to all the players' mobiles with little clips of him saying yeah. that's what you've got to stop him doing Yeah. Um, uh, uh, last night. Um, so that's a tough one Saturday. Yeah. Away at Sutton on Tuesday, Sutton which on is the always plas- tough. on the plastic pitch yeah. at, uh, at Sutton next Tuesday and then Leighton Orange at home on Saturday. Uh, you know, we said this before Halifax away and Ebbsfleet away. And then and United went and got yeah. four points from those but two games. Interestingly, Gary Owens was saying to you the other day that there's there's sometimes there's a bit less pressure for the players away from home, and maybe two away games isn't such a bad thing at the moment. I, I, I think the way United are set up and the way they're playing at the moment, they're they're competitive, they're hard working, they're playing some half decent football. I I think what Gary Owens probably means is, look, we're going to do that away from home as well as we are at home. You know, if it doesn't work at home as it hasn't been, mm. um, there is a certain pressure and nervousness and worry amongst the crowd, and he picks up on that the same as everybody else. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely adores pl- adores it. He loves playing more and loves the crowd, loves the whole setup there. You know, he said to me many times, he said, oh, goodness sake, he said, I'd love to play here. Yeah. You know, they're great, this crowd. They don't have a go at you if things aren't going well. They just go a bit quiet. Uh, you know, <laughs> have a yeah. shot that's within... Five or six yards of the opposition goal, they all start she- they all start cheering. He said, "No, great," but he gets the fact that yeah. in a run like this, people get more and more frustrated, players get more and more worried, uh, and there is a tightness to it all. And I think that's probably why he's saying, "Well, it might not be a bad thing we play mm. away from home. Look, it's not like we're going away from home just to sit back and try and get a nil-nil draw. They'll go to Fylde yeah. and, and have a go at them, um, and that's probably the best." the best tactic to, to beat yeah. them, to try and beat them anyway and and it's weird isn't it even in the situation United they got 11 points from 19 games it, it's mm. it's not great is it's it it's desperate isn't it, it? But, but yeah as you say you, you get you yeah. get six points from the next three away games you win two it's of the, that two the of league three. is still and, strangely and, compressed and you can close that yeah. gap yeah. To, the, to, to the group above them um, you know, all sorts of things start becoming possible. It's just getting these Never two or three you. wins. I think after Ebb's Fleet away, everybody thought, right, come on, four points from two away games, Hartlepool at home, get something up, put together a run yeah. of five or six games, draws win, win, draw, draw, win. Then two successive home, click, two successive home defeats later, and yeah. it's, it's just put everybody back down on the heels yeah. again. But um, 
You never know, no, do you? No, you don't. You, you, so you absolutely don't. Lathrop to get the winner at Fylde on Saturday. Oh, what a shout that put, is. Put a bet on. It used to be Mark I Ellis. Might, actually, it used to be yeah. Mark Ellis to score at home, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, or to that's score, right, yeah. or score away. That, that was, Mark Ellis used to make a fortune out that. He used to back himself to get the first goal every single <laughs> every single match. And of course, he always used to chip in with about yeah. sort of six yeah. or seven a season. Well, that was enough for him to pay yeah. for his holiday. So, Lathrop. Winner, great shot Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. This has been a, a quite a lengthy, yeah, quite a lengthy Yellow Army Talker United Devon Live Herald Express podcast with Guy and Dave. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you're going to Fylde on Saturday, have a safe journey up and back. And as ever, come, come on, on, you, you yellows. yellows.